Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about movies and TV that has gone bad over time. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me as ever is my lovely friend, David William Rogers. Hello. What's up, girl? How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> we got a great episode tonight. We've got a great guest. Before we introduce her, David, what movie are we doing? The movie we are doing is Elf 2003, uh, directed by John Favreau, and the writing credits go to David Brennenbaum. Great first name, David. Talented, talented script. Um, this cast is pretty fantastic. Will Ferrell, James Cann, Bob Newhart, which had um, his own show when I was growing up. Remember, used to fall asleep to that show. Um, Mary Steen, Virgin, Zoe Deschanel, Faison Love, who's amazing, Peter Dinklage, and the list goes on and on. Artie Lang, love to talk about a lot of these actors in this movie. <laughs> and um, yeah, this is a holiday festive movie. It's probably on a lot of people's top five Christmas films, I would say. And uh, when they made this, it just, you know, put the stamp on it for, for great Christmas films. Totally. Is this one of the movies you would always watch every year? Mm, sometimes. This is not in my top five, and we can talk about that, but it's creeping up there. Every time I watch it, I like it a little bit more and more. Yeah. I think this is one that I would watch every year. I think this is like it's up there just because it feels very Christmassy, but I yeah. want to get into it. I want to do the synopsis, but before we do, we have a guest joining us today, don't we, David? Yes, we do. Who's that? Who is that? I believe her name is Stephanie Sigmund Mendoza. Do you go by the double names? I No, I usually I, go by Stephanie Sigmund. <laughs> Stephanie Sigmund is here. She's an actress. Stephanie, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started. What have we seen you in? Um, hi, everyone. I am Stephanie Sigmund. I am an actress. I'm Mexican-American, but I grew up in Mexico. Uh, came to the States when I was 26, so not too long ago. And um, I started doing independent films in Mexico. And then, you know, started working here in TV shows, cable, uh, Netflix, Narcos. I think some of you maybe have heard of Narcos. Um, then I transitioned to a little bit of network and started doing also, you know, more commercial movies, kept doing my independent films, which I love. And yeah, I've done a little bit of everything. So I live in LA now. It's been like eight years and yeah, this is my, actually my first podcast, conversational podcast. Oh my God, go. we feel so honored to have you here. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Um, for those of people out there in the industry who might not know a lot of things how did you get your start in the industry and you know what's kept you going oh god I'm so terrible at talking about myself that's why I have an agent a manager <laughs> and the whole thing <laughs> yeah that's a really good question because you know there's ups and downs in this career and is I think it's very important to talk about that because I think I'm I've been very blessed on how worked basically my whole life since I was like 16 and I just stopped not too long ago because I have a baby 
Well, he's not a baby anymore. He's two mm-hmm. years old. And then the pandemic hit. So that's when I stopped. But basically before that, I was always on a project. And I loved it. Uh, priority change. Things change. You want to be with your family. But I still love what I do. When I started, I did a movie that is called Ms. Bala. And it was very successful in film festivals. And this is funny because when I did it, I had no idea if it was going to be a good movie or a terrible movie or a festival movie. or a, I, I just liked the story, basically, and it just did really well. They were like, you're going to go to Cannes Film Festival. And at the time, I was like, I don't know what Cannes Film Festival means. Like, is that cool? <laughs> and um, I that's how it started, and that's how I got, I guess, attention from agents here in the states and i very quickly i was really fortunate to get a job here i i was a lead of a pilot for usa network and it didn't go to show but we did two episodes and it was amazing to start you know as a number two because i was the number one was brian greenberg who i love adore he's great and then i got a show called the bridge in fx and that's when I moved here to the States because I couldn't be flying back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I just got really, you know, I got work uh, one after the other. Like I always had a project and I was, I really enjoy that. And I'm, I feel like I'm very blessed. You know, I worked really hard too, but um, a lot of people work really hard. And I feel like we have to acknowledge the fact that we are fortunate and blessed to be working. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, it's great to have you. It's great to have an actor's perspective joining us for a film. David, I I don't know if it's your turn for the synopsis, but I'm going to make you deal with that. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's your turn. Uh, do you want to do it, though? Yeah, I can do it. Okay. <laughs> do you guys want me to take over? No, <laughs> no, 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 I got She's this. Like, All right. Me. So <laughs> you got this little baby, right? Orphanage. Just sometimes it's a sad story. The baby didn't get picked up yet. Um, the nun's walking around and says, hey, little baby, maybe next by next Christmas you'll get adopted. Santa comes through, probably dropping off some toys for the orphans, just being a good jolly Saint Nick that he is. And the baby dips out of his, uh, I almost said cage, but um, basket, whatever, baby thing. Crib. You might know what they're called, cribs. Yep, thank you. A crib. <laughs> See, I'm learning. And gets into Santa's bag. Now, Santa goes back after all his deliveries are done probably way better than FedEx and UPS these days but he finds this baby and someone's like oh wait we gotta somebody's gotta take care of him right we got a human in the elf shop and something's gotta give right so Bob Newhart's character Papa Elf's like all right I'll take him I've always wanted a baby but work got in the way and you see Will Ferrell's character Buddy grow from that baby to a little boy teenager up to a human being well, a grown man human being and he's just kind of out of place at the elves right he can't make toys that great he's got to go be a toy tester he's a cotton-headed ninamonger or whatever they call him and he's just kind of like an outcast there but everybody's super nice and supportive to him they actually tell him where he's from santa tells him that james can um guy's name is walter is in new york city and is actually his dad so he goes travels there and we see him meet james can and it gets super weird because you got a 
guy will ferrell acting like a child basically saying like dad i'm your son please <laughs> please love me accept me james Cam's like this guy's a nut job so santa also had some issues because people don't believe in christmas anymore so as will ferrell's gaining the attention and love from james can he also gets everybody that surrounds him because he's such a good-hearted individual to believe in christmas over this course of this movie and at the end we see um this like standoff with the central park four or five i forget what it is and santa as he's trying to get his sleigh going and zoe deschanel kicks in they start singing and they give santa the christmas spirit that he needs to get the sleigh up and running again get out of new york and you know go and do his route so like i said in the beginning really amazing cast a lot of people are on this and the more I watch it, the more I pick up like little jokes and things like that, which I, I appreciate the detail. Yeah. I feel like rewatching a movie, any movie, you always pick up little things. I agree. Rewatching this film, I had a huge appreciation for like the physical humor. You touched on it. It did raise some questions. I right off the bat was like, what happened to that nun that lost the baby? Did she go crazy? Oh, she Did she go to jail? Fired. She was fired. She was sure. definitely I think, fired. But I think I think there's um, when Papa Elf, um, I forgot, Bob Newhart, right? Bob Newhart. He's, yeah. By the way, he's amazing. Legend. Yeah, he's fantastic. I love him. I think when he tells the truth to um, Buddy, finally, I think you realize, you understand that they went to back to New York and told the nun they, they got the baby and they're going to adopt it. But I, that's, that's what, what I understood. That's what you think. But I'm like, that woman went to jail. Like, she lost a baby in the middle of the night. Did she go crazy? Was she like, what happened? Like, to be, did they think that to she be killed honest, him? I think it's a little more sinister than that. That's what I'm saying. Okay, she you was know, selling babies out the back shit. door for a long time. She was putting babies in the sack. She was putting babies in the I'm, sack. I she mean, was I'm selling a mom, them. guys. <laughs> I'm a mom, guys, and I never thought about that. I was like, the baby looks happy. He no, looks no, for sure. The only thing I was like, he looks cold because he yeah. was only in diapers and he was in a North that's Pole. That's not cool. He that's was great, cool. but that's how that's how the nun and Santa want you to hear this story, okay? They actually stole that baby so they could that's give it to Bob Newhart. That's what I was going to say. This, this story is really about an yeah. abducted child. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, yes, but Santa an abducted child that didn't have a family. But they could have brought it back. But they didn't. But they were expecting to the baby to get adopted anyways. I don't think they could have brought it back because the the you know return date had been passed. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I was that nun, you're like this baby was right there. And, and then, it seems like the nun was like really close to that particular baby. Right. She was like my angel. And, and then she wakes. Something. She wakes yeah. up every night in the middle of the night. And she's like, "What could I have done differently?" She has nightmares. You know. I'm just. And saying. then Santa anyway, said, "Listen, that, I got this guy that works for me, Bob Papa Elf. He wants a right, kid. Not gonna get adopted by the two humans living at the North Pole. He's definitely gonna <laughs> sleep on two elf beds." I had a lot of questions rewatching this film. I was like, I just I was picking it apart, obviously, but I'm like. If Santa has boots, how come Buddy the Elf couldn't get boots? He's like trying on these shoes that are like too small, right? They clearly can make human-sized things. It's funnier that they don't. But. <laughs> I think only for Santa, not the elves. You're not cool enough to get Santa's clothes. But yeah, you know, but Santa if, sleeps if, in a proper size what bed. What if like a 12-year-old has like a size 14 foot and he asks for basketball shoes for christmas so the elves just aren't going to no get you can only wants, have an edge sketch nine. or a doll yeah. or a 
thing that pops out of a box. No, you have a point. You have a point. Yeah. We're getting sidetracked. But we wanted to talk about the making of the film. Um, This is obviously a Jon Favreau film. Mm -hmm. There's actually a great series on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. I don't know if you guys have seen it. David's nodding. But you get a lot of insight into how this film came together. David, what did you learn about the making of this film? Yeah, so something I wanted to talk about a little bit is called Forced Perspective. And I've seen this um, before, right? Um, Especially the scene when Buddy's in school. So what Forced Perspective is, it's a photography technique that uses a space between your subjects to create an interesting or unusual relationship between them. So it's Mm -hmm. a trick that manipulates the viewer's perception of the space and distance between two objects, creating an optical illusion. So they did this a lot. um, And I saw like a behind the scenes or making of as well. And they said this a lot of this hasn't been done in like 50 years, but they needed to pull these tricks out because um, John Favreau wanted to use more practical effects than like CGI wherever he could. So what they did was like in that when he's in school, they built a stage a little bit. So he's elevated above the children and he was closer to the camera. Mm -hmm. So they stuck him in in like a little tiny chair and then the kids were farther back and it's just like camera angles. So it looked like he was a lot bigger. Also, like Mm -hmm. when he's driving, um, the teenage boy is driving that little bike. They had what they did was they put the camera right in front of the kid. They had um, another little kid put his hands on Buddy's shoulders and then Bob Newhart was actually a few feet back on the same Mm -hmm. rig. And so he looks like Bob Newhart's just um, holding on for dear life on that mm-hmm. tricycle or whatever. So they did that. Is that what that they did on when he's sitting on Bob, on Papa Elf? So what they did with Papa Elf when he sits on him at the end, right? And he had cracks oh, his and legs. At the end and at the, at the beginning? At the, the beginning, end of someone yeah. else's legs, right? So what they did was they took a um, like a diving board, right? And there was a little child's legs kicking out at the front of the diving board with like those stockings on. Then it was Will Ferrell. And then Bob Newhart was sitting in a chair a, f- a few feet back. So the kid was like inverted, laying down on this diving board, just kicking his feet out. And then Bob Newhart was in the back. Yeah. So it's all forced perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I love that stuff. I think when I was watching the making of like this movie came together in such a magical way, you know, John Favreau, I don't think he had directed before. I think this was like Mm. his first project because he's obviously an actor Um, and just yeah, I mean the stuff that they invented for this movie is just such a joy. When he's when Buddy's in the North Pole and he's way too big for this stuff, it's so fucking funny. Like, <laughs> and I, you know what, I would, I would like to know how much was on the script and how much was actually improvisation from Will Ferrell. Like, yeah, that's yeah. I'm really curious about that one because he feels so much like him doing stuff. And yeah. he's notorious for improvising, right? Yeah, coming off, uh, he was in Groundlings, then SNL. But Stephanie, to your point, so when he's running around New York, it's so expensive to shoot in New York. So what they did was they took um, John and then the director of photography and then Will Ferrell, just three people, and then just ran around New York and saw oh, what so they could do. Oh, so those weren't actors and reacting and to no, him No, like that street? guy he walks up to and he's like, Santa, Santa. That was just a dude in a red sweatshirt uh, like jumpsuit, red hat, and <laughs> <laughs> listen to his headphones. All that was just live. When okay, this surprises around. me because, the, like, you, he's like everything is red. Like his shoes, his socks, yeah, exactly. like everything. Yep. And white beard. Wow. Yeah. So that was wow. not an actor. Welcome to uh, New York. What I saw is like behind the scenes. It's just the three people 
just Will Ferrell, John Favreau, and the director of photography, and they just ran around New York as much as they could shooting stuff and just letting him. Do you think like, someone like, was running up behind with like a release being like, please sign this? <laughs> you know, like we need to use your <laughs> original be. movie. Or yeah. was it like in the movies and the guy's like, hey, the, what the fuck? That's me. Yeah, yeah. They'll deal. They'll deal with that I, later. I love when he's like, when a guy is trying to get a taxi, a, a taxi, a cab, you say a cab or a taxi yeah. cab? Yeah. yeah, both. Um, and he's like, hi. And then he goes like, hi, <laughs> hi again. And the guy's like so annoyed. I was like, I can't, I mean, I cannot believe that's not an extra or, you know, an actor. Yeah. Like, it's just hard to believe that. And also when he's like doing like, they're doing his shoes and he gets like ticklish and he's like, ha, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, he's so good. Or when he was going around and around in the revolving doors. And like, then he pukes door. and then he keeps going back. I was like, yeah. I, I'm a mom. And I was like, that's exactly what your child would do. That's why I was amazed because that's exactly what a child would do. Like puke, but keep playing, keep you going, know? yeah. I, I actually I, am curious to know that it's not extras because there was one part, I actually wrote it down, where... Is it the gum part? No, it was, tw- it was... I wrote it down. It was The minute is 21 minutes, 8 seconds. He's going around and around in the door thing, and then they kind of come to a wider shot. And I said to Scott, I was watching with Scott there's kind of a line of extras and I almost feel like the eighties like now, cause they kind of lined up and then they go, unless they thought they were waiting for the camera. You yeah, know how sometimes well, if you see they, someone taking a photo, then you won't walk through it. They could have done that because um, that could have been the Macy's or the gimbals. Right. So they mm. turned gimbals doesn't exist anymore. They closed like after it was open for like a hundred years, but they used a Macy's and they turned it into gimbals. So they're probably shooting on site somewhere. So they probably could do that stuff in the rotating door like time and time again and not shoot it like gorilla style or whatever. But, um, yeah, I'll send you guys a video, but it's pretty funny watching him run around. And oh, I'm sure he had a fucking blast. It. It but seems I, like he would have had so much fun. That gum part pro- has to be I was fake, gagging. Right, because they had to cl- I bet be they fake. had to clean that, oh, yeah. and then he probably had to chew his own gum up. So how much would it take for you guys to eat a piece of gum off a New York subway? Cash Ooh, money. I mean, after... Before COVID or after COVID? Tomorrow. I'll, I'll show uh, up. Case full of money. How much do I got to give you to chew a piece of gum? hundred grand? Oh my, you're so cheap. You think that's too cheap? <laughs> you're so cheap, hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you catch COVID. Yeah, but I'm vaccinated, so. Yeah, go get that oh. booster <laughs> okay. first. That, she's very confident. I'm yeah. getting the booster too, yeah. How much um, would it take? I don't know. I was going to say a million. I was going to say a million. Then I was like, come on, no one's speaking. That's like ridiculous. I'd I'd do it for a hundred grand too. Now that I'm thinking about a hundred grand cash. Would you do it for 50 grand? If it's cash right in front of me, yeah, I'm doing that for 50 grand. Would you do it for 20 grand? 20 grand cash? (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing it for 20 grand cash. I'm trying to figure out what David's doing. Would you do it for 10 grand? Probably not 10. That's probably not a big enough stack in person, you know what I mean, to jump out at me. Okay, so between ten and twenty grand is how much nah, we got to pay. I think twenty would be my twenty would be my lowest floor. Would it? Would you do it if I had twenty like, grand cash right in front of you and said chew on this piece probably. of gum for thirty seconds? You wouldn't do it. Twenty <laughs> yeah, grand? Maybe I would. Cash? Yeah. Maybe I would. But yeah. I was literally gagging when I was watching. That. I mean, yeah, it's, it's let's gross. just talk about something. Like in this right now, this moment of my life, no, I wouldn't. 
I mean, but we all like have ups and downs. Your kid's probably going to do it for free at some point. My kid's going to do it for free right now, like yeah. tomorrow. He'll do it. Like yeah, he'll, gonna, do it he'll pay you money to do well, it. No, give but that's me, what I'm he'll, saying. He'll, he'll do it for, do it for a car in return or for like Liney McQueen. Yeah. You give him a Liney McQueen and he'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. But as I was saying, like I kids won't. do that stuff. Like to your point earlier, him running through the door and then puking going right back. Like that's a kid's mindset. Kids will just, oh, free gum. And they'll grab it, not thinking. Oh my god, I, I cannot tell you guys how much I was gagging watching that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just I'm just like wondering, like, who sensitive. cleaned that? Right? They had to, probably had to block it off for a little bit. I mean, maybe it's it. a maybe it's on a stage or something. No, that's true. I don't think so. You think that yeah, was that, just that a yeah. real? I think, so. I think they shot I mean, this I a little in New York and like Canada or Vancouver. I feel like it would have been a waste just to do that particular take in a studio. Like you know, you just do it there. It was so fast. Like you just clean it and put a. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I sure, I'm sure there's just... tricks. It definitely didn't look like gross gum, like the way he was able to grab it. But I mean, he did a lot of gross things in this movie. I I was also gagging a little bit when he poured the chocolate sauce on the spaghetti. Yeah, and that, I gagged at that part. <laughs> I actually was thinking, like, should I try that? <laughs> like, I was curious about the the taste. Taste. That would actually yeah. be a really funny pop up if they did an elf pop-up and then you oh. got served everything from the movie oh my god david's already come gagging. out of there with diabetes he got um <laughs> At the spaghetti I, I, with maple syrup I yeah would i don't, I don't think he got and... sick but he said he ate so much sugar like he didn't sleep during shooting this movie because he was <laughs> ate so much sugar every day yeah. but i, I can t- i mean that's why he was so wired yeah. santa <laughs> yeah and he's like dude whatever anything for the movie which i appreciate I just, speaking of the next thing we were going to talk about with the cast, I just can't imagine any other actor in this role. He's perfect. But did you see who was slated for it at first? No. Jim Carrey in 93. Oh, well, I I, I do love Jim Carrey. I love him too. That would have been a very different performance. But then switch them because then uh, Jim Carrey ended up getting um, Grinch, right? And then Will Ferrell did elf so like in another universe those two movies are flipped but it's kind of cool because jim carrey was like slated to do it and then it sat on the shelves or something like that it didn't get in, in motion just yet and will ferrell still wasn't even at snl at that point yet right yeah, and then 10 years later he's, mm-hmm. yeah and then he's starring in this this movie which is a monster movie for him it's crazy to think that it was almost 20 years ago yeah 20 years ago oh my <laughs> it's like 19 years ago yeah 19 christmases yeah. ago 18 christmas ago yeah i mean what do you guys think about zoe in this i mean this i was, love her this was her fir- like her first movie i think i love her and i love the character because i don't think they like she's not sexualized no. i love that and it was 20 years ago mm-hmm. and i i mean she's younger a lot younger than will ferrell a little cringy yeah that's a thing to say but I feel like her character is very it's very much away from the cliche uh, you know and I like that yeah she's not hypersexualized no. and also but what is like funny, what she's wearing as an yeah. elf is like not you know yeah no but it is funny um that she still goes out with him even though he acts like he's not 100%. You know what I mean? She's yeah, like so, so I would him. say she is the predatory <laughs> one in this Right. Case. I love she how like he asked her him. out. Yeah. And she was like, you, you missed or something like that. Wrong yeah. spot, right? Yeah. I love how 
when he asked her out though what does he say like you make my tongue swell or something like that yeah when the little brother's sitting right there and he's like oh, would I'm you like to eat food yeah would you like She's to like, eat food okay <laughs> when he like comes into the shower to do it with her and she's like ah get yeah. out i so, love how she's always like bored like she's like i'm just doing this elf thing for whatever <laughs> like i just yeah hi i, yeah. I love how she i love her character I'm i mean totally i good. also love the manager oh my god wanda. he's amazing uh, so I did, I did see that it, it was supposed to be wanda sykes skykes um oh really he has a badge that says wanda and then yeah, they just thought it was funny they kept it that is funny but he's oh, great that is good. that's awesome yeah based on love's hilarious i mean all of the casting the dad was great the mom she's so loving and she's like this is amazing you have another son there's something i wanted to say she is i can never pronounce her last name i always say something like burger something stamped burgers um steen sorry about that it's just a mexican thing i can't marry steen bergen <laughs> but uh she i think it's amazing that they cast her. i mean she's an amazing actress but if you really think about it, she was what, like 48 years old? And she's the mother of, uh, how old is the kid in the movie? Like 12? Probably like 12, 13. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like that. I think, you know, I think yeah. it's great that they They're cast showing older 20 parents. years ago, they cast someone like more mature yeah. for that mm -hmm. role, where usually you want to put somebody, I, I don't know. I feel like in Hollywood, that they want to put choice. like the, yeah. the young, like. And you know. James can too. You can't. Like yeah. it yeah. might have been weird or taking people out of the story if um, em like Mary's character Emily was way younger than James can, right? Yeah, I mean to me they kind weird. of struck me as like two working professionals in New York that had a kid late, mm -hmm. and then like oh he's got this much older son. Yeah, but usually they do the guy older, and they usually still go for the woman, younger, yeah. like a younger woman. So I I, I appreciated that. Yeah, totally. and then it's uh, very, she's you know, also it's very real. She's also uh, Will Ferrell's mom and stepbrothers, too. So they work yes. together on a few things. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> what about the rest of the cast? I thought the little boy was very good. Yeah, he was you solid. Know, very very much the straight man to everyone else. I mean, the elves were amazing. Did you, did you read about or see what one of the elves was in? What else he was in? Is it A Wonderful Life? Nope. It's the blonde kid, right? Yeah, Peter Billingsley. A Christmas story. With, a uh, Christmas story. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. He's actually uh, been a producer, I think, on a few of John Favreau's films. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Is Are you trying to tell me that these are like parallel worlds where he like felt... I haven't actually seen... A Christmas the story. Movie. A Christmas story. I don't yeah. know. I haven't either. We're bad. We're bad Christmases. Uh, it's all good. But yeah. I wanted to say, yeah, no, all the casting of the elves was so funny. Like, they're all so sweet to him, but he, like, sucks at making toys. I think he makes, like, 93 in a day, which is a lot. But they're like, yeah. you're only 975 behind. Cotton-headed ninny-monger. Cotton-headed ninny-monger? You're not a cotton-headed ninny-monger. Yeah. The initial script had the elves bullying him. And... Oh. John Favreau said they wanted to take that out because it takes away from Buddy going into New York and being super sweet and nice to everybody. So by the elves yeah. being super sweet and nice to him, that's what he took into the world. So yeah. like he, he wouldn't have really acted that way if 
he was bullied by the elves. So that I thought is that incredibly was smart. Oh, That's John incredibly Favreau? smart yeah. and, and ahead of time. Too. Way ahead of it. Because like, yeah. I think and that that's something I think I think that's a reason why this film didn't age like milk because oh, she's jumping. I don't out. think so. I'm, I'm gonna sorry. beat that I don't out. think so. <laughs> I I mean maybe some things, but in general, I think it's pretty well thought off. Like the, I I just think it's I don't I don't know. There's not a lot of things that bother me about the film. Yeah, yeah. Even though there's no Mexicans in it. But like you said, <laughs> that's a huge that's a huge thing for for John Favreau to look at and say like seven years an actor that might be something you catch like when you're looking at a script or building a character like why would I think this way when she ends up being this that's totally different from what this character should be feeling so for John Favreau to see that and say hey you know we can't have him getting bullied I think there's more psychology behind the story and the characters that we actually give credit for and we actually think but because I, that's exactly what it is. Like a kid or, you know, a teenager or whatever Will Ferrell's character is in this case would act the same way he was, you know, the example that he saw. See, mm-hmm. he saw. It's like a kid at the park. Like the other day, a kid uh, um, pushed my kid, um, a four-year-old pushed my kid who's two from a slide and... You guys and jumped him. And my kid him. was crying. And, but you, you, you got to stop as a parent. You got to stop and think, like, why did he do that? Is he... Yeah. What has... Like, the example has been Let's for him. Learn Is he behavior. reacting to something? Is he asking for attention? Is mm. he, you know, somebody has been mean to him? Like, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things that... Here, when you're talking about that, I can see that if that was the case for Will Ferrell's character, if he was bullied, then he would have been a bully as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then he wouldn't have been spreading Christmas cheer for all to hear. And there's a naiveness to that character that makes it funnier. Totally. Especially in a place like New York, where it's such, you know, people being mean or like abrupt. Like that's the stereotype, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You say that nothing aged for you. No, I I didn't say nothing. I I said like in general. I have some comments. There... (laughs) The elves never take a break, right? They come back from Christmas and Santa's like, yay, now only 365 days. Like, where's the union at? You know what I'm saying? Um, I think it's pretty accurate still. People <laughs> here in LA work all the time. 24/7. I know, but like, there's a big like anti-work resignation movement. You know, people saying No, like, is it okay? No, it's not okay. But I'm is just it saying. reality? Maybe it is. Okay, so then I also said, why are all the well elves white? Because it's the North Pole. If we're in the South Pole, have a little more color, baby. You know what I'm saying? A little flavor. <laughs> a little flavor, exactly. Yeah. I, already, I already said the thing about the nun. Um, there's a comment where when we first meet the secretary of the dad, she's on the phone and she's like, well, I don't know if I could declaw cats. Dude, that I love was so that. It's fucking my favorite funny. thing ever. Yeah, Declawing like, cats is so mean. Paris, I just caught that line the last time I watched it and that's what Same. I was getting at. I keep seeing more. That's Amy uh, De- Sedaris. That she's hilarious. She's so fucking funny. She's so funny, but declawing cats is literally like cutting off their fingers, right? Yeah, like, that's, that's so why mean. it's so funny. It's like a throwaway line too that you yeah. got to be really paying attention to because Buddy's walking in with that elf costume for the first time and she's on the phone. She's and do like, you guys, oh, I don't know. What's that? Do you guys think she was uh, improvising just like, you know, keep going? <laughs> she could have been. Yeah, because she's a hilarious I think comic. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's hilarious. Um, why are all the corporate guys 
big fat white guys that just talk about numbers. Very stereotype. What do you mean? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it was a representation of CEOs at that time. Right. And then the last comment thing I had was, does Zoe's character not think that Will has special needs? She just goes <laughs> on with it. <laughs> She's not questioning. Yeah, I think, I don't know, like, uh, okay, so I'll say riddle me this. So Stephanie was saying she's bored, So which is which is true. We see her bored a lot. So maybe when he asked her out, she's like, oh, fuck it. I'll go out to dinner go with, out this, with guy. this guy. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, just we'll see what happens, right? And I, then... She kind of yeah. sees um, that he's he's got good intentions and that that heart is really who he is. He's not like he's an so act different. or he's that off, right? Yeah, I don't know. That's I think my she take. decides like where I think she, where her character is in life at the moment. She is choosing, right? You see the the qualities in someone or the flaws in someone, sure. and she really wants to be loved. And she sees the beauty of the pureness of this character, Buddy. No, and I know. She chooses oh, to see that. On, like a, she has on a surface level, 100%. But I'm just like watching this movie like, <laughs> she doesn't think this guy's a bit different. Yeah, yeah of You kind of go with does. the comedy of the movie. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I love there's a part where he runs into the coffee shop and he's like, you did it. The world's best coffee. And then he takes her on a date there and he's, she tries it and he's like, it's the world's best. And she's just like, is this guy fucking with me? He's like, it's this just, tastes like a crappy cup of coffee. Yeah. And it takes there's a, a lot of moments off. like that. It is a crappy cup of coffee. But yeah. I know what Steph's saying. Like, okay, objectively, I'm like, I think I would be like, is this guy okay? But there's a purity to him. There's a loving. And I think in LA or in New York or wherever, we never take the time to appreciate the small things like, mm-hmm. you know, like a little coffee shop. Um, and he does his character, like shines a light on that, which is sweet. Everything's great. And you know, he wants to give everybody hugs. He puts that list together for James Ken and he's like, we're going to eat toll house and then we're going <laughs> to cuddle. <laughs> and then when he tries to hold hands with yeah. him, it's hilarious. Oh my God. It's so funny. Or when he's, um, Tuck me in, tuck me in. And he's like, tickle fight. <laughs> he's like, dude's like, get the fuck off me. I'm a grown man. Or I like when he's in the office and he chooses to sit on that little seat in the corner instead of like All the, the little pink horse or whatever. Yeah. yeah that's I mean, the, the office make the office scenes make me so nervous because I know something's going to, even the first time I watched it, like I know something inappropriate is going to happen and it's <laughs> going to be so bad that he's going to like ruin everything. Yeah. So I keep waiting for it. And even the second time around, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember like it's happening. <laughs> oh, 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 no, 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 no. Like when feeling. he yeah. talks to Peter Dinklage's character. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like that's on the border of like aging badly, right? Like. It, what he calls well, it makes me wonder if if they would have done the same thing or they would have done they would have gone the same route with those characters yeah. if it was right now 20 yeah. years later but he came from a place where little people were elves so i i know exactly what you're saying paris i just don't know if it's going to because Elves exist. It's not, Elves it's exist not really in this where world. Where he comes from, from where Buddy comes from, is not a derogative. Is yeah. that how you say it? Uh, yeah, term. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not anything negative. It's actually but amazing. Using, using that logic, you know, if you come from a place where certain words are not offensive, 
I'm just playing devil's advocate. You, do you true, know what I'm saying, David? True, but yeah, he doesn't call him like, um, you know, like a midget or anything like that. He calls no. him an elf because that's where he knows elves, right? But Peter Dinklage's character reacts because he's used to being bullied and treated, you know, a certain type of way because of the way he looks. Yeah. So his reaction is to jump on Buddy and kick his ass. Oh, yeah. they totally come from different places. Mm-hmm. But I think we've all said in the past some terms that are not appropriate anymore yeah yeah we see it in movies all the time we -hmm. see it in movies all the time things that were acceptable that now you're like oof. yeah you can't yeah and and, and, in different levels and like i think a lot of it has to do with the intention that you put it behind it that's true we've all like learned to use different terms Mm -hmm. and appropriate terms for nowadays but yeah it makes you wonder so Still. it would be yeah. we talk to a group of little people and are they offended by yeah. them in this? No, movie? I'd be curious to yeah. know. Yeah, because um, the elves are not little people, unlike yeah, they're kids. Scrooge, which yeah. I watched recently, they have little people playing. This is just people that they've used false perspective to yeah make them look short kids and then doing perspective with adults. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the office scenes are funny, but then also. One of my favorite scenes, probably my second favorite scene, is when he goes down to the mailroom. I think that <laughs> scene is, is so funny. And he's like, oh, maple syrup. And he's like, pours it all in his coffee. And that guy that's sitting next to him, and then they're laying on the mail. And that guy says he's 26. <laughs> and that was oh, yeah, like an inside joke, I think, um, when I was reading it. And it's just so funny. And then he's dancing around. That was a, that was a feel-good scene. Yeah, I think it also shows a disconnect between like the joy of being a child and then like corporate America, right? Like the dad has completely lost touch with his business, which is writing children's books, you know, and he's in a suit and he's in a boardroom. And then you have buddy who has no inhibitions and just shows the true joy. Like even in a mail room, he's having so much fun. He's making friends. He's like, loves this tube that like sucks. He's like, Ooh. (laughs) And and what you can do to your point, like with uh, corporate America, can be soul sucking sometime, but if you throw a little purity and joy and positive energy in there, people can re- retouch into that in themselves. And then that whole mm-hmm. place was jumping at the end. And from where it was in the beginning, he walks in there, he's like, it smells like mushrooms and everybody looks like they want to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> he's just saying it the truth. Yeah, right? exactly. I just, I but that it's whole the whole point of the movie is like, we've lost our Christmas spirit. We've lost the magic. And it takes someone like Buddy to show us. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting this time of year because obviously it's been a tough like, two years. And I think movies like this remind you to like find the magic and have a little fun. Go eat some gum off the sidewalk. So you guys really get into christmas and christmas spirit is this like your favorite holidays mine yes yeah Steph? stephanie i mean i like it a lot yes like uh let me think is it different as well now that you have a child it's like magical for him yeah you want to definitely make it more magical for mm-hmm. for him in this case um i think this is going to be the first christmas that he kind of understands more what's going on because he was too little the, the other christmas because now that I think about it, he's this is his third Christmas because he was two months and then a year. He's like a Halloween baby, isn't he? Yeah. So he when he saw the tree, he was so excited and he was oh. like, "Ah, 
because <laughs> he has like this little thing the voice that he does yeah and um and we read some books about christmas so now he's like kind of getting it i mean i don't know how much but he gets really excited for the lights and like the colors and stuff i've always loved christmas because i usually used to go well now that i have a child i stay here and i do my own thing but i used to always go back to my family in my hometown because i left when i was 16 years old and uh but every christmas i was there back with my family so it's like i i love it because that's what it means for me you know yeah. being with your family and now it's it means being with my new, new family, like my my, my family my son so mm -hmm. yeah i love it yeah david what that's about cool. you do you i mean you're wearing a christmas sweater people can't see <laughs> but yeah i had to get in the spirit a little bit yeah um for me it's i don't know if it's my favorite holiday but i get in the spirit of it now what i will say is if i hear christmas music before thanksgiving i am upset because thanksgiving isn't given its proper due oh so God, everybody out it. there can chill the fuck out with that well thanksgiving's over people can play music now. i like getting into the christmas spirit like 10 days out and then oh. i go hard for 10 days and i rock the christmas music forever for those 10 days all day for me that's too much living too much living in that scenario so, in that world so you would have been you would have been really mad at us and my family in mexico because we put the tree up like in november yeah so i went back for thanksgiving and my parents really had the lights up and it's because like, they weren't gonna see you for christmas but I, I rotate, you know what I mean? I'm like a rotisserie chicken. I'll be there next year and I'll do Christmas and I'll do and I'll do New Year's. We go up to Green Bay and stay in a hotel. It's a good time. But yeah, I love the family aspect of it. I'm just saying, like can No way. I'm buddy in that regard. I'm like, due? let's do Christmas old. Year I mean, I, I yeah, we mm -hmm. don't really have Thanksgiving in Mexico, so that's not an issue. So Same we with can Australia. Start doing Christmas anytime after Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> that's so much. I just think we have that, so like, takes little. Away from it. I feel no. like it takes away from it. Yeah. If you really. I, I mean, if you didn't have Thanksgiving, think yeah, about yeah. it. I'd still want like, like 15 days. Oh, just December. I'd, I'd be down for Damn celebrating it. Christmas. That's too, it's too much. Cause then it's like, I guess I think I'd get bored with it and be like, it's still fucking Christmas. Like, let's do the Christmas then. But if it's a lead up to it and it's only like 10, 15 days, I'm like, oh, I'm getting so more excited. So basically your buddy's dad. more excited. Okay. So in Mexico, they call it Guadalupe Reyes, meaning Guadalupe is uh, for the Virgin. Mm -hmm. So it's the day, uh, her day is uh, December 12th. And then Reyes is the, I think you call it the three wise men. Mm -hmm. So it's January 6th. So from December 12th, Guadalupe, to... January 6th, Reyes, everybody gets drunk. Sweet. See, I'm down for that. That's under a Sounds month. Sounds like an Australian holiday, to I'm be honest. In. I'm in for under That's, that's like, <laughs> like shy under a month. Like, let's like, start that's getting almost that a month. <laughs> as, let's start doing that as like the, when corporations honor that holiday and it's <laughs> December 12th to January 6th and we're all just going to kick it right reset and, 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 in, and then we start yeah the and in year. mexico in mexico actually so i mean we have santa claus but we also like it's very important the three wise men day which is when the kids actually get the gifts in january 6th <gasps> they, have to wait they, extra? they get double yeah. oh okay they okay two times. yeah yeah okay. nice which i think is pretty cool i mean i love christmas i am buddy 
I feel like very affinity, like aligned with Buddy because I am very excited by Santa still, and I'm like a thirty-something-year-old woman. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I buy into it. Yeah. So, but it's a little bit different, right? So, like, pretty sure you're not religious, and this is a Christian holiday, right? I'm not very. Religious, I'm not religious. No. Yeah, but I still, I love. Like I said, I love the family aspect of it. I love the Christmas st- feeling I, that you get. I don't mind the religious part of it. Like I grew up in a Church of England school and I like Silent Night and the carols. And mm-hmm. I think the story of coming together is beautiful. But I mean, this movie is not religious at all, right? This no. Is, they don't even mention Jesus or it's all about Santa. Santa. No, but it's also not like, um, it's not attacking no, no, it's, yeah, it's a it. good it just, it just Christmas even feeling it, movie. I yeah, like. and you, and I mean, my family's religious, and yeah. I kind of like the religious part of Christmas. I have to say, like, I honor it. Yeah, yeah. even it's though beautiful. I'm not the most religious person, and I don't go to church every Sunday or anything like that. But I, I, I like that part of it. And I that's good. Accept. Yeah, yeah. But and I don't think I'd like this movie if it attacked your parents know? religion. No. You know what no. I mean? It wouldn't be wholesome. No, it wouldn't be. And it wouldn't have that positive energy that flows to that Christmas spirit that flows through the whole movie. Yeah, I think this movie is wholesome. It's cute. Yeah. It's, it's like, it makes you feel good. And <laughs> it I, does make you feel it's good. It's weird, too, because like the, the older I get and I'm like, ah, let's stop fucking to my family. I'm like, let's stop spending money on a bunch of bullshit. Gifts. Right. Let's all go somewhere. Have a good time. Be together. And that's kind of like where I'm at. I, but when I was a kid, a lot of the consumerism came into Christmas, right? Sure. You'd start seeing, you'd want the, like the Target um, magazines to come. So you could like circle stuff and be like, here, parents, here's what I want, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and the older I got, the more I'm like, eh, we don't need that stuff. That doesn't actually make me feel oh my good. God. My, family my family and my friends make me feel presents good. Presents were done by like 730. There was like nothing to do for the rest of the day except for <laughs> eat because we would just, you know. Now giving presents, I feel like it's it's nice to give presents, but it's like rare, right? Like you don't need to spend hundreds of dollars. Like that's little what I'm little at. kids is different. Yeah, because well, it's magical for the for the kids. I mean, we in uh, in Mexico we celebrate the twenty fourth and dinner, but then we don't open the gifts until the next day, like yeah. in the morning, with like yeah. PJs and stuff. Um, that's cute. Yeah, I. I just saw a story on Instagram of a friend of mine who has kids and she gave a magazine, one of those magazines that have the toys and stuff mm-hmm. to the kid and said, circle the ones you want to ask um, Santa, for. Santa for. And then she came back and everything was circled. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole magazine. Not yeah. only that, that he started circling his regular books like just just the books like the books that have the truck or the car or whatever like he just didn't get the concept i guess that's funny he just wanted everything so it was really funny because everything was so (laughs) cool it's like when you're studying and you'd highlight the entire book hoping it would yeah i want to ask you guys something Mm -hmm. what is the worst and the best christmas gift that you've ever got or gotten sorry david do you want to go first Oof, i'm i'm literally racking my brain okay i'll go first then the best christmas gift i ever got i think so i don't know if you guys had this thing but there was something called polly pockets when i was a kid Mm -hmm. which is like the miniature little dolls and i remember i got like this hectic one and i was so excited and the worst christmas (laughs) gift i ever got was a potato (laughs) <laughs> that my parents my my parents didn't do coal 
but like <laughs> I'll never forget. I must have been like five. And there was this huge box and I left it till last. And it was a potato inside of a box wrapped. And my mom was like, I guess you were bad. And that was a present that they, that Santa naughty. didn't give it to you. Yeah. yeah. But I was so devastated. You know. Okay. I'm really like, I'm waiting for you to say that that's not true. That you did not get a potato. <laughs> no, it's real. Potato. My parents were tough love. That's, pretty, that's pretty funny. It's pretty yeah, harsh. Oh, Paris, you're, you're but then, like, also, I think as kids, like, you know, socks are the worst and stuff. But now I love socks. Like, if someone gets me socks, I'm fucking stoked. You, oh, sh- you should have, have uh, you should have baked it and like put butter and bacon bits on it and be like, or right in fr- eat it right in front of him. Yeah, like, I mean, have you ever seen the kid? There's a video of a kid. They give him a banana, and he's so grateful. Oh and yeah, excited. I've seen that. And he's like, oh, my God. And they're like, do you like it? And he's yeah. like, I love it. He's well, so- at least it's sweet. But that's the thing. It's like, be grateful. I yeah. mean, I think kids. I'm and- sorry, but it's very disappointing for a kid to get a potato. It was very, it's very cruel. My parents <laughs> are not great. Hilarious. Uh, tr- David, what about you? I'm trying to think, like, it's something in me at some point, like, stopped caring. Like, I yeah. loved getting cool shit, right? But I think, like, at a very early age, it was just like, all right, thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing really jumped out at me. But when I was real young, I had this like white teddy bear and a gorilla that I got. And they were probably like each like two and a half feet tall. And I remember stitching those things, having my grandma or mom stitch them up so many times as I was growing up. You loved it. Yeah, because I love them. Exactly. Um, so those are probably my best ones. And then that's what I'm saying. Like as far as bad ones, I don't. I stopped putting a a lot of passion into (laughs) gifts. Like I never, I never got a potato. I might, that would actually stick with me. Right. I I think that was funny, but probably just, I think it's funny now, but I remember crying pretty hard. I don't know if it was funny at the, I I can't, I think my parents thought it was really funny. I've actually never heard of someone getting a potato. I'm sure it's because they couldn't find coal. I lived in Malaysia at the time and it was like, Um, Oh, here's a potato. I was like a lot of my clothes were hand-me-downs growing up because I had two older brothers. Like I got clothes from like neighborhood kids, shit like that. Older, my brother's friends. So when I my, get my kid gets up, all he wears, all he wears is hand-me-downs. Your kid honestly. is so yeah. stylish, though. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and that's probably right fitting if in LA, right? He's thrifty. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, I I I think it's great it's a, it's a i mean nowadays is also a great way to recycle and yeah, not yeah. waste any more stuff and but material exactly. and you know everything also like i think christmas has become too commercial you know companies yes. are so excited to try and sell us shit and that's probably why david they start mm-hmm. the christmas music early they're like spend your money start buying yeah this and year just after th- like black friday too and cyber monday and then it's like all right, now right. Spend for christmas this but year, you, I found it hard. Like, people have been like, what do you want for Christmas? And especially if you have a significant other, they want to get you something. I don't need anything, you know? Like, there's things that I want that are, like, spoil yourself. Like, but I just think... I know what you want. I sucks. won't say it here, but I know oh. what you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A ring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't want an amazing, you know? But... <laughs> But no, but like seriously, don't you think the last 12 months or 18 months or how long the mm. fuck we've been? No, two years? Two years, five years, a hundred years, who knows? Time has no meaning. Like, I think it taught us that what we really needed was our health and our family mm. and our friends and the ability to go outside without a mask on. You know, it's like, 
I think it's good. I think it made me realize I don't need possessions. Also, yeah. I bought everything that I wanted, like an air fryer and a waffle maker. Yeah, that's you know. kind of how I get down. I just buy the stuff I want. So I, I kind of yeah. feel bad because someone asked me, I'm like, a Nike gift card. And yeah. like, a let's, massage. Just, let's just hang out or something. Yeah. But Stephanie, yeah. what was your dinner. best and worst I feel like, gift? I feel like if you have an air fryer, you have it all. Yeah. I'm an air fryer person. <laughs> I also, um, I cook everything in my air fryer. <laughs> So I think my worst and my best, now that I really think about it, is the same gift. Um, and I'll tell you why. Ooh. Um, we were lo- pretty spoiled. Love a riddle. So. What? I love a riddle. It's the worst and the best. No, what no, because we were... I it's mean, a we potato. Were, you know, my family was not wealthy, but it was also not... You know, it was like middle class. Mm-hmm. So we... we used to get a couple of different gifts and usually like a like a bunch of small ones and like a big one right and when it was closed it was always disappointing and when it was chocolates it was always like oh look we got chocolates that's so cool what's the next one you know it's like because we wanted the toy and um i remember this christmas that i got all the little ones the little gifts like the socks the chocolates the 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 little maybe the little doll i can't remember exactly but it was like you know the the little ones and then there was a big one that said my name and i was super excited and i opened it and it was a bike so it was my first bike and i was extremely excited and it was the best gift ever but my parents were a little overprotective so they really didn't let me ride it like it was always like no you're gonna hurt yourself no you're gonna hurt yourself and I'm like, I, so that's why I say it's the, yeah. the best and the worst because I never really get to enjoy it. And it's always stuck in my head because I want to try to find that balance with my kid and let him live, be and live and yeah. enjoy. And, but also like take care of him because I'm really appreciated to my, appreciated, appreciative yeah. to my parents mm-hmm. that they were very careful and took care of me. But it's always like finding that balance is always tricky. Yeah, yeah. get him a helmet. Exactly. Well, he hates them. He's yeah, got a so scooter. Me and my brothers and he always. He hates to help me. Yeah. We yeah. ride down the block and throw him in a bush and then grab him on the way back home. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening out there, don't do that. Because it <laughs> don't be did, stupid. A helmet did save my life one time. Oh. I flew off a jump headfirst into a tree. No bullshit. The uh, helmet got super fucked up and scratched up, uh, and I was like, "Holy shit!" My bike was fucked, and my brain probably a little messed up how I act today, but it did. I'm pretty sure like I would have got you saw very, Santa, you're like, Santa! very badly injured if I didn't have a helmet um, on at that point. I, I agree with you. I, I, I had a motorcycle accident and oh. if I hadn't had a helmet, um, probably would have been really bad. Yeah. So, so should Protect I ask your for a helmet for Christmas? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to get you a helmet, Paris. <laughs> Thanks. No, that's a great question, Steph. Um, well, we're getting toward the end of the podcast and we totally spoke about no i love it more than the movie i think no this is why we love it i wanted to ask you some more about the acting stuff Uh because of you know people tune in and they might be in the industry they might not you know know stuff how do you prepare for a character what's your process i asked a writer the same question this morning because I was very curious how you start writing. A writer that we have had on the podcast, Lucy a ri- Luna. A writer that we know. Both of, yeah. <laughs> she was on the podcast. She's yes. a fan of the podcast. Lucy Luna. Yes. Um, 
And I think her answer was really similar to my answer. Like it depends on the project and it depends on the role. Um, you know, I also used to be very intense or not very intense, but more intense than I am right now. Like I put more hours and more, like usually for an audition, for example. And right now I can't, I just can't cause I have no time. I have very limited time with having a kid being a mom. Um, and I really like to be a very involved mom. So I want to do everything or 90% of the things with my son. So it, it depends, like it depends. I, I need different things and different tools and different timing with the characters. It just, you know, it, I can't really say one thing works for everything, but, um, being my second language, when I have something in English, I definitely have to work harder. But at the same time, it kind of works in my favor or in my, how do you say that? In my advantage, like in my advantage. No, it's it works it. in your favor. Yeah, yeah to your, your advantage. Yeah, in my favor. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm more prepared than other people when I'm working with them. And I'm like, oh, how come he doesn't know his lines and stuff like that? And mm -hmm. it's just because I already know I have to work harder. So I just do it. So I um, automatically do it. And I think I... Does that I, happen a lot I, where people don't know their lines? I, that you know, blows my mind. You'd be surprised. Like, not a lot. No, no, no. I shouldn't say that because yeah. I work with pretty big actors and actresses, like A-listers that are always, in my opinion, in my experience, they're always prepared. They're always on time. It's incredible. Mm. They're always nice. They're very professional. But I also work with some other ones that um, I didn't even know who they were, but you know, popular yeah. in a different way and that have done like years and years and years of the same stuff. And they still have a hard time like remembering lines and focusing. Um, I think it just depends on the person and how they work and their capacity to learn stuff, which is really mm -hmm. hard sometimes. Like when you get a script the same day, that is, you know, they change the lines and then yeah, you get yeah. the script the same day. So that's a really hard, that's a tool. That's not necessarily like you're the best actor in the world, but if it's Adaptable. a tool you have, yeah, it would yeah. help you a lot, yeah. the memory part. Because mm -hmm. I started as an independent, like I did independent movies. And when I jumped to TV, I was like, oh my God, this rhythm is crazy. A lot faster. And it's not just the acting, it's the rhythm, you yeah. know? So it's like different tools that you have to develop. Um, and of course, I already forgot the question because no, I, I was went asking too about far. the process. No, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I think being a second language, it's tricky. I'm trying to imagine myself acting in Spanish or writing in Spanish, and it's just a different. Yeah, I did a movie in Norway, so I had to learn Norwegian for yeah. the film, and that was before I started working in English. So it was incredibly challenging, as you can imagine, because it's not a language I'm even like familiar with. You know, at least Spanish English and English was, have some building blocks, right? Yeah, at least English was like something I, you know, my my ear was familiar with. Yeah, my mouth, my they mouth wasn't, but my ear was. Latin. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but Norwegian, I was like, uh, <laughs> only Norwegians speak that. Yeah. So it was really difficult, but I think it built my confidence on if I can do this, I can do that. Oh, that's <laughs> huge. Yeah. 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 That's amazing that you did that. Yeah, took that on. Yeah, it's a. I, actually, it's one of my favorite movies. Like, it's a really good movie. It's um, it's called Pioneer, 
and um, he has a lot of like well-known people. We'll have to check it out. Yeah, um, half Norwegian, half English, and there's like American actors in it as well. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. Um, what's your favorite like role to play? If you could pick your dream role as an actor, David, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Uh, so I think my answer used to be, and I say used to be because I feel like Tarantino has done very different films after Inglorious Bastards, but um, in his the early years of Tarantino's films, he has a very such a like powerful female characters, mm. like Death Proof, you know, like those films. Yeah, are, yeah. It's like the one I would love to be a female character in a Tarantino film. I can see the that. shit out of some people. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm willing to show my feet for sure. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Ugh, I do. <laughs> yeah, we get it. If you don't know Tarantino, gotta get that part, finish. baby. But it's great. I mean, it's I love it. I love that. Uh, I mean, the so. quirk. I do. Yeah, listen, he's earned the right to enjoy some feet here and there. I want to. I want to hear David's. Oh uh, yes, sorry, David. What's your dream? Yeah, you I, yeah, to be honest with you, and and after hearing what you just said. First thing that popped in my mind was I think that is yet to be seen and I'm still like kind of discovering that. So like all the stuff I've worked on, characters that I've done, class or whatever, um, I just don't know yet because I'm still finding different pathways to go through that character, that character in a dramatic scene or something a little more lighthearted, right? I feel like I can do lighthearted because that's just who I am on a mm. daily basis but something like a He's little a funny guy we're like depressed or sad or you know what i mean i you know i can play strong guy um you know passionate leader whatever coach um but i i want to find something that really challenges me and then i can say i didn't think i could pull that off but i did mm. so and i think that will be i was at an actors meetup today earlier and it was interesting talking about the layers of a character you know I think we're moving away in film from like I'm the big tall dark guy that's intimidating you know mm -hmm. or I'm the femme fatale like I think we're seeing a lot more characters that have more layers and I think that's really exciting I mean do you do David do you do more comedy usually um no no more on like the dramatic side from what okay. yeah he does have a comedy vibe doesn't he because I, I would quick I, I keep wanting to do comedy and because I don't have much comedy on my body of work I it's just hard you know it's hard to like break into something that you haven't done before like usually yeah. people uh, call me for the hardcore drama because I've done it and I'm I don't want to sound like I'm not humble but I'm pretty yeah. good at it you know and, yeah. and, and I mean you know what you're good at it because you've it takes practice, I totally. think. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, I'm, I was just born good at it. You know, it just it's just what you've done. It's what before. you've been working at for the last... You know what oh, we yeah, could precisely. do? We know somebody that's funny and who's a writer, and she could just write us like a, a little short. We'll shoot a it. A buddy and comedy? Then you can show, yeah. And then you can show that to people. Be like, look, I got the comedy chops, too. Oh, What's I write happening? stuff for Steph all the time. I send yeah. her things all the time. I'm like, I think we have like seven projects yeah. that we're going to do together. <laughs> She's going to be the lead yeah. in everything. I I only work with Steph Sigmund. <laughs> She's my muse. Like how Tarantino keeps coming back to Brad. You're my, yeah. you're my Brad. No, but I, uh, going back to what you just said, like getting away from the cliches or the stereotypes 
that's why I cut my hair because mm-hmm. I kept getting this beautiful um, woman role, sexy Latina. Yeah, yeah. That usually in people's mind has long hair, you know. And I mean, I do have a pretty amazing hair when it's long. <laughs> you have great hair when it's short too. Uh, but I just wanted to change, and I really wanted to. I mean, I've been wanting to do this for a very long time, but I was like, I, I just want to get away from that you know the, the it's funny I how one physical thing about you can pigeonhole you yeah. right like it's funny but yeah. people are very like what's in front of my face yeah david you're gonna try to grow out your hair too right yeah <laughs> I, I i i actually i i have never done headshots in my life oh really um it's a yeah it's a fun fact um i probably will have to now that i have short hair but i have a husband who's can take photos and he's a pretty good photographer so i can do that although he never has time he's always working so (laughs) (laughs) but uh i'll get time i i'm making due time you see him you know where he lives so you can track him yeah he got his details i got yeah i i i was I was I used to be a model before I became an actress and I just had photos like I do photo shoot photo shoots all the time and I just don't know like I never really done a headshot in but I feel like now I I need one. So. Do you think you need headshots then to make it David I mean, you have headshots I know you yeah, guys but I'm update saying, them all the time. So like she's got all that stuff online already like IMDb all that good stuff mm-hmm. all those good shots of you working but if you were trying to say like all right, I can also do this character. You might want to take a couple headshots with her new haircut, maybe in something that she thinks like that character that she would build would wear just so somebody can right. see it and be like, oh, yeah, I get it. And all or else, everything else they looked at was her with longer hair, right? Well, because it sounds like as well people won't even think outside the box that they've yeah. mentally put you in, right? You gotta, well, yeah, you sometimes it's really them. hard. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta, you gotta like, show no, them look, everything. Look, yeah. I can be a treat everybody like they're dumb a and grunt. be like, yeah. 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 It's interesting. I, I it's interesting to know how much that really counts nowadays because everybody looks each other up on Instagram or nowadays they send you a self tape audition and That's they require you they require you to do not only a slate which, Full body. by the way, I absolutely hate. Like, I'm always, like, super awkward on the slate saying, like, hi, I'm Stephanie Sigmund. Where do yeah. I put my hands and my Left arms? What right. do I do with my body? Yeah. <laughs> right? But but not only the slate, but they also require you now um, a headshot, actually, of the same day. Oh. Like, how you're doing the audition with the same clothes and makeup or whatever it is. Like, just to take a close-up picture and a full body um, full body picture, yeah. which is always hard because if you're doing an audition on your own, yeah. it, who takes a picture, like a, right? Use a timer or something timer, like yeah. that. Yeah. I was, I was doing a uh, self tape audition today and it's one of those that they send, I don't know if you've gotten those David, but they send you through this app where you can't really download it or take a picture and like, you have to just like read it and learn it right from the website. Yeah. But I'm like, how, and you can't, um, share it of course but like and I was just thinking like how am I gonna share it with the person who's reading yeah. opposite mm-hmm. me if I can't share it so it's like it made me think and I'm like do they really think about the process of doing a self-tape when they send you <laughs> this stuff actor, I wonder yeah. if you could cost it to the tv or something you know, I like- I want to have a 
podcast episode with one of the casting directors that can explain us how that could work. We should definitely, <laughs> we definitely need someone from that, that side of the too, business. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love to. I'm like, I have so Some many questions. Insight, yeah. <laughs> Tell us the secret. Anyway, I totally went. No, it's great. Direction. No, that's valid. But one thing we do on this podcast is we always shout out someone from the cast or crew. So I'll go first um, because I actually know someone that worked on this movie. I did not realize. I have begun watching the credits. I have to put my hand on my heart and say I used to like, you know, click out of the thing before the end of the credits. But now having worked on a movie, I like love to give my attention to the names and just be like, you know, I see you. I appreciate you. So one uh, person that I knew from this was the assistant prop master. His name is Vinny Mazzarelli, Mazzarella. He was also the head of props on a movie I worked on called Sweet Girl, which Steph's husband directed. And that's how I got to meet these guys. But yeah, he was an assistant. I think he's actually uncredited on this film. And then he's gone on to just have the best career. Like Sweet Girl, obviously, I'm sure he loved working on it. In the Heights, 21 Bridges, John Wick Chapter 3, John Wick Chapter 2, Joy, John Wick Original. He's done so much. High Fidelity. Um, I believe he worked on the HBO show Boardwalk Empire, but I'm just triple checking that I'm not fucking this up. The Sopranos. Like, he's just had such a great career. So... I know him personally. I love him. Vinny, we see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we appreciate you. David, who do you have? All right. I went with the art department because I thought the art and like the sets and everything in those departments for this movie were just fantastic at adding, you know, to the magic of this film. So I went with Nikki Shara Lambopoulos. I love that, that you last name. knew the name. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw this Great name and I was like, I got, I definitely got to do this. No, so Nikki Charlambopoulos, fantastic last name, but she's worked on so much. She's a scenic artist in Elf and she's been on a ton of different projects. She recently um, is on, like, did a bunch of episodes for Lost in Space, which is on Netflix, which is a great series that I just finished today, actually, the third season. Nice. Um, the Mountain Between Us, A Midsummer's Nightmare, um, The BFG, Big Thunder. So she's, the oh, Born Legacy. Yeah, she's been on a lot of different projects. So, Nikki, we appreciate your contributions to this, and we see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we appreciate you. Steph. <laughs> uh, the, whoever did the voice of the... Uh, snowman oh who was okay. that i love that that was love- uh leon redbone <laughs> there you go leon yeah, leon or liam leon l-e-o-n leon redbone leon redbone, redbone. He, uh, good contribution yep yeah, he was he worked on 51st dates me myself and irene he was the voice of leon the snowman Let's see what else you There did. you go. Yeah. Which I've always wanted to do voice work. And, Mr. Um, Belvedere, yeah. Harry and the Hendersons, music department. So I admire that a lot. She yeah, a well, Leon, we see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we appreciate so you. So now we have to decide if this movie aged like milk or not. Wait, there's something else I want to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, when everybody's watching the news and they're watching what's happening, 
uh, there's this little girl's character. The super sweet little girl who's watching the news and is saying Santa and like in her bed. Do you remember? She's yeah, watching she's news. In her bed she's the one that herself. she met yeah. um, Buddy in the doctor's office. Yes, yeah. she's like Buddy. Yeah. Um, okay, that's like the cutest girl ever. But <laughs> my point is, when I was watching, I was like, nobody. There's no kid who's watching by the themselves. News watching the news <laughs> like she'd be watching whatever cartoon, cartoon or yeah. animation also nobody would she be had a tv in her room at that age i wasn't allowed a tv no my friends got kids and they have tv but they don't watch the news not like, everybody they gets watch- potatoes for who watches the news at that age <laughs> some people get tvs for Christmas. some people get tvs in their room some people get a box of the potato inside and their parents like it's fucking hilarious no i agree with you i thought of that too i was like that's the one thing that was like okay who's this is yeah. like yeah who watches the news at that age no yeah. one um anyway, well, what I are the chance i was gonna say as well when he's reading out the list of like what people wanted what are the chances all those people were watching the news like there's the biker bar and then the, she's like, he wants him this. And they're yeah. all look at him. Like, no one's watching the news on Christmas Eve. Must be a different Especially thing. a little girl. Yeah. Like, no, that's a very good know. point. But um, anyway, I, I wanted to get that off my chest. No, I think <laughs> I'm glad you shared that. Um, but yeah, we do need to decide if this movie has aged like milk or not. Stephanie, since you're our guest, you can go first. What do you no, think? No, I go last. Okay. David, <laughs> what do you think? No, I go last. That was, that was great. Okay. I'm going to say this movie did not age. I think it is a fantastic Christmas movie. I think you can find this in the, what do they, what does he say? Like the seven gates in the candy cane forest or something like that. <laughs> and where this movie is going to be on ice forever preserved. And it's, it's going to keep aging well because it's just a newer holiday classic right when i was growing mm-hmm. up it was christmas story um the white christmas right i don't know it's racist is it, exactly well that, that's all that was on um I'm just kidding. so <laughs> i'm just saying that's like, for another podcast exactly yeah them. yeah so the, there wasn't R- rudolph the red-nosed reindeer all those kind of movies so i think having movies like this and the grinch and like you said scrooge other things like that these newer Christmas movies come out over time and really good ones are going to stand the test of time down the line. So another 20, 30 years, I still think this movie is going to be one of those top Christmas movies that people watch once a year. Totally. Good call. I don't think this movie aged like milk. I think it's still fresh, but I will say there could be more women in this movie there could be more diversity I mean I feel like a broken record I say that all the time no but you're right let me tell you something Zoe's character um, even though I absolutely love what she did with the role and I think she's amazing in it could very easily have been a Puerto Rican New Yorker for example like I'm just throwing it out there you know yeah yeah, Will Ferrell's character could have been yeah it's just I think it's just with the lens of 2021 2022 that I'm like, why were none of the elves diverse? You know, like, it's just, I do think the movie's still fresh. I don't think there's anything problematic like what we often see in movies. But, of course, I have to keep asking the question, like, could there be more women? Could the women have better journeys? Could they have better journeys? Um, At least the mum in this was built out and she wasn't just a mum. She went through a thing. Um, But, yeah, that's my two cents. It's still pretty damn fresh. You might go to the supermarket and check the expiration, just, like, glance at it, but be like, no, no, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? 
Okay. Uh, also, okay. I think that's it's pretty for a comedy. Is usually comedies age like badly. Milk. Yeah, we've seen that a lot because it's just. It's the nature just, of the joke, the nature and, of the yeah. yeah, the moment, You're the, joke, the situation, yeah. the yeah. political climate, 100%. you know. But if so, you can do jokes like this, when you got like crafty people that just make jokes about situation, humor, everyday life, I think those ones. That's that what reach I give the this, general public. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what I give this movie more credit because mm-hmm. it's twenty years, mm-hmm. um, it's a comedy, and. F- for all those details is like i think it didn't age like milk oh we got the trifecta the trifecta the fresh trifecta (laughs) Mm -hmm. well it's great to have you on the podcast steph i've been begging her to come on for many episodes if people want to find you on social media i know you have instagram what is your instagram how can they find you it's my name i think um let me just check. <laughs> I'm usually not like announcing my. Yeah. I'm gonna jump you know, on mine and see if I can find you and add you. Stephanie Sigmund. Yeah, yep, that's that's it. <laughs> Pretty complicated. Um, people are gonna remember. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was fun. I only done a fictional podcast before, which is very different, and this was so much fun with you guys. So yeah. Thank you. And everybody, go watch Elf. It's the time. Um, and if do you have any advice for wannabe actors? If you could give a piece of advice to yourself back in the day. No, I can say? give it to myself right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy journey. And it could be really rewarding when you're actually playing a role and doing it, doing what you love. I think when, you, when they let you do be soul crushing to get um you basically your product is yourself so every comment uh, whether it's positive or negative you is, is about you as a person so the more you work on yourself and the more you're you know that it's just you know an opinion the better you can feel about yourself and the more confident you can be love that yeah solid advice Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank I you. loved making the podcast with you. I love the Christmas time. I love sharing traumatic stories from my youth about <laughs> receiving potatoes. pumpkins potatoes. 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 Um, but yes, David, yes. you should check your fridge. And make sure that milk ain't spoiled. It's gross. Milk is gross. That's our podcast. I hope you listen to all the Christmas music. I hope you celebrate Christmas for years to come just to piss off David. Just in December, though. <laughs> no, all the months. But we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. So for now, it's goodbye. Peace, baby. Bye-bye.